Hello, friends, and thank you for listening to another Rod Tucker Says podcast. I am excited today to talk to you about living in agreement with people, or in other words, conflict sucks. (laughs) I laugh when I even think about saying that because so many of us, when we even think about the idea of conflict, what we ultimately dive into is this like terrible feeling in our stomach. Like we hate conflict. Now there are a few people out there who love conflict. Um, Kudos to you guys. If I had gold stars, I would stick them on your t-shirt. But this podcast today is especially tailored for people who think conflict sucks. Now, the verse that I want to talk to you about is in 1 Corinthians, and it's in chapter 1, verse 10. So let me read it, and then we'll just kind of expound a little bit and talk about what I think maybe Paul is getting at. So he writes, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that that there be no divisions among you, but that you are perfectly united in mind and thought. Now, if you're anything like me and you think conflict sucks and you hate it, when you read a verse like that, you might love the idea of everyone in the room being in agreement, in perfect unity in thought and in speech and mind. And you might just say, man, that's going to be awesome when we're in heaven. And heaven is going to be great when we all agree on everything and all the time and there's never any conflict. What I want to mention to you today is that Paul was asking the Corinthians to do this now. It wasn't like, oh, someday. This is going to happen someday in your life. He was asking them to be one in speech and in thought now. And so when we dive into this idea of how hard conflict can be, I want to give you some principles that I think could really help you kind of navigate and at least let you understand where your character is in the midst of things that feel tumultuous at times when the waves are crashing when people are fighting when your bosses come down on you hard um, when someone kind of bullies you back into a corner and you don't know what to do and the fight wants to come out and all of these things happen you want to demean somebody to kind of put yourself on top you can understand you can know that god has called you to something that is far much 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 greater that represents his kingdom and so here's here's where i think we get when we read this verse i appeal to you brothers and sisters in the name of our lord jesus christ that you agree with one another in what you say that there will be no divisions among you but that you're perfectly united in mind and thought now we obviously know that Corinth was one of those towns that people were using their sexuality to manipulate and there was a lot of disagreement going on on even who should be worshipped. And so Paul's writing the Corinthians and ultimately he writes them many more letters than just 1 Corinthians. Two of them are in our Bible. And so he's talking about something that is just really contextual for them and means a lot. But but as we read this and we think, how does this apply into our context? Here's, here's the translation that I want to give to you who agree with me that conflict sucks, that you don't like it with people. Um, 
you would rather be at peace and you, you desire that every single day. And the thought of it when you wake up in the morning will just tie your stomach in knots. Here's what I want you to know and what I think can be helpful to you as you navigate a world of conflict because it's everywhere around us. Make sure that people know you love them. I think when Paul says there are no divisions among you, he's not talking about disagreements, making sure that there's no divisions among you. I think he means make sure that there are no chasms. I'm reminded of the rich man and Lazarus when Lazarus goes to heaven and the rich man is there and there's a great chasm in between them and the rich man wants Lazarus to dip his finger in water and just touch it to the tip of his tongue. There's a chasm between them, a huge division so that they can't be one in thought. They're not even in the same place mentally. There's not a level of trust. There's not a level of love. There's not a level of peace or togetherness. And so as you live and you try to represent God's kingdom at work, in your family, in different places of conflict, the first thing that you can do is with your words, make sure that there is no division, no chasm between you. And the way that you do this is you communicate love to people. You let them know their worth. You let them know their value. You let them know that you see them and you're seeking to see them as God sees them, that you don't see them as they were eight months ago and you're not trying to project something onto them that they're not yet, but just that who they are is enough for you as a coworker, as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a brother, as a sister, as a cousin, as an employee, as a boss, that the people you work with are enough just who they are, where they are. And when you acknowledge that to someone and when you communicate that to them, it removes a division that can be created with conflict because it removes this this piece of distrust because you're communicating to someone that you see them as God sees them, or at least you're trying. And when you communicate to someone that they are in the place that they're supposed to be for that day, for that moment, for that year, because you believe in your heart that God has placed them there, you remove that division. And then you get into this perfectly united in mind and thought. And the the awesome thing, the awesome grace in this is that when people believe that The person next to them is where God has ordained them to be, where God has put them for the purpose of good works, then all of a sudden they can trust each other and they can be perfectly united in mind and in thought because even though there might be a disagreement here or there, there is this understanding that God has purposed you in this place and he's given you a skill set and he's given you a mind and he's given you emotions and he's given you a heart that are good for the moment, and that can create great trust. Now, what if you're in a relationship with people or you work with people and you're in conflict with people, but they don't necessarily have that relationship with Jesus and you're trying to navigate those waters? That is where, my friend, you become a missionary. You become the person who communicates love and communicates 
trust and communicates hope into people. And in, in, in a lot of senses, you begin naming them and you begin, you begin identifying the qualities that you see in people that God put in them. And out of that, people begin to look at you and say, wow, this person truly is different. This person speaks differently to me than other people speak to me. This person trusts me in a way than other people trust me. And I feel more valuable than others. I used to have a neighbor who lived next to me in an apartment that I used to live in. And it was one of those noisy, noisy apartments where people were always yelling and there were drugs and there was like I said, noise, and there was alcohol, and there was screaming, and there was profanity, and kids were crying, and that was in my apartment all the time, and it was just constant, constant conflict that you didn't even want to go outside, and we existed in this realm, um, my wife and I, for a couple years, and one night, I get a knock on my door, and my neighbor, he's knocking on my door and he wants a ride to Walmart and you can tell he's stressed and he's just been in conflict and he has to get somewhere to get something or else the conflict is going to rise further and further. And my wife and I had friends over at the time and I couldn't go with him. And so I reached down and I grabbed the keys to my car and I held them out to him and I said, here, take my car. And my neighbor was more befuddled than you could even imagine. He actually started yelling at me, creating more conflict (laughs) in my doorway, saying, I can't believe you would do this. Once I tell my friends that you do this, they're going to think you're so crazy. No one's going to believe me that you would do that. And I was able to look at him and I was able to say, I trust you. And I was able to speak something huge into his life that others had not spoken into him. And out of that trust became a relationship with Christ. Out of that trust became a commitment to leave drugs. Out of that trust came a commitment to father his children like they had never been fathered before. And so I was thankful for the moment to live in a realm where I could communicate and and break down a chasm of distrust and disunity by communicating to someone that they were trustworthy which was actually how God had made him my neighbor, even though he may not have believed that about himself. And so wherever you're at, you know, home, if home is where the conflict is, if work is where the conflict is, if it's with believers, people who follow Christ, if it's with people who don't follow Christ, you have a golden opportunity to communicate to people who they truly are to their identity. If you'll be intentional and speak life, speak true things into people, not calling them out for their weaknesses all the time, not calling them out and telling them they need to do better, but simply speaking to them as if you were God himself and trying your best to speak what he would say into them. Because when you do that, man, you can alter the trajectory of someone's life. You can change the way they think. And encouragement, my friends, will go along long way towards the kingdom of heaven. And so we pray, Father, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And my prayer for you is that you become an encourager. My prayer for you is that you become someone who navigates conflict with the peace of God and are silent when you're supposed to be silent. And when you speak, you do not speak with a sharp tongue or points or arguments, 
but you speak with the life-giving breath that was breathed into you by the creator of the universe when he spoke your being into existence. That's my hope, and that's my prayer for you and me. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I was late getting this one up this week, but I am excited that I'm at least being consistent, and I'm going to get another one of these up for you next week. If you want to see what's happening and what I'm working on, um, find me on Facebook or find the Rod Tucker author side on Facebook or go to Rod Tucker Says. Um, I have some cool discipleship stuff coming out for my church that I would love to share with you that'll be on my Facebook. But uh, until next time, um, I will be looking forward to talking with you again. Go in peace.